0: Ayo, we make this, and we seven did it again Welcome to another episode of Big Ego Media. We've got a special guest called by the name of Big Mike's ID today, bro. I'm
1: all good my brother. No complaints man, smooth man.
0: Yeah so as we always do for the people who don't know you we like to go back and find out the origin of people and to get to know your story. First
1: and foremost, tell us uh, where you're from, where your background, where did you grow up? Uh, well, my name is Michael, well, they call me Mikes. Um, I'm originally from South East, uh, Brixton. Um, yeah, I mean, before I even go off into one, I'm not even, keep it, I keep it 100. I, I don't, Before we even start this interview, I don't even want us to feel like I'm just putting out a mad narrative of badness. So just in case anyone hears anything, and you start thinking, no, 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 this is just all to do with, just like where man's come from and some real stuff, yeah. to keep it 100. You yeah.
0: say so you grew up in Brixton,
1: mm-hmm. um, how was life growing up in Brixton? Uh, being, like, just being quite blunt, honest, like, like Brixton in a weird way has been the Gaza for a man. Um, yeah, just, I mean when I say the Gaza, I just mean it's just, just been this badness, just been nuts, I can't even lie, in the most respectful way.
0: So um, who did you grow up did you grow up in a household with both your parents, mum, dad?
1: Yeah, um, funny enough like both my mum and my dad were like both pastors um, at the time when they were together anyway. Um, yeah so I grew up with both of them until obviously they split and then just get it.
0: So what's your um, sort of background, nationality?
1: So I'm Ghanaian. Um, tiny little bit of mixes here and there, but I'm just straight Ghanaian. Like, I, that's that's it. <laughs> just straight Ghanaian.
0: So, how was it kind of growing up in an African household with parents who, I guess, it's somewhat, when you past pastors, you're a little bit more strict? Mm-hmm.
1: It's an interesting one because, nah, like, my pups, like, he was on smoke. Like, when we think about, like, African parents and stuff like that, like, he was, yeah, he was. He was smoky, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, we, we couldn't even do nothing. We couldn't really go out like that too tough. Like, even if we did go out, we had to come back in early, homework, school. Uh, nah, he was just greasy. Like, we, I can't even lie, my pups was, like, he was busy. My mum was more the calm one at the time, like, but my pups, like, he was, like, the staunch, busy African, I can't even lie. Like, we couldn't even ramp still.
0: So, in, in the household, was it you, did you have siblings? Yeah,
1: so it was me and my two little brothers at the time. Um, younger brothers, so I think one's a year, just a year and a half younger than me. The other one's like four, five years younger than me still.
0: Yeah. So you was the oldest.
1: I was the oldest still.
0: Did that place much responsibility on you?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it did. Um, I mean, from for what for what I can remember in terms of like responsibility was like I have to look after my brothers. Um, yeah like whether it's in school outside of school whether it's in the area whatever it is like i have to that's my role innit? it like <laughs> like i'm big bro so it's that's just what it is and that's what it's got to be
0: and how was mm. you quite kind of academically
1: good question because you know what like academically i weren't even actually that bad you know um come to think of it like i wouldn't even go as far as that i was one of the sharpest in the class but i'd definitely say like like I could hold my own, like as long as I put my mind to whatever I needed to do, I reckon I could hold my own. My grades weren't too shabby, you know, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like not too shabby, yeah.
0: Did your parents play, uh, pay enough attention to academics? Because you know, African parents. Yeah. like You have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer.
1: Was that the point? Yeah, paps was smoky with academics, I can't even lie. Like, he's the one that like gets busy with homework. But with him, it was nuts because as much as he wanted us to like, get it right work-wise and stuff like that, he, it, he put a lot of pressure on, man, without knowing what he was doing. I mean, I'm guessing that, obviously, he one of the best for man. So, I guess his way of going about it, his approach was quite like, like, if you don't get it right, like, you get caned, or you go and do ABC you go and do squats, whatever it is, like, he would just get busy. Like, he was, he was, like, a busy guy, I'm not even gonna stunt.
0: I mean, just to touch on that, right, because, mm. We look at society that we live in now. I grew up in a Congolese household Mm. and we used to get beats as well. Mm. Looking at myself now with children, I can never hit my children. Do you think we we become too westernized or is it a thing that we're... And some people look at the beating as like child abuse. Mm. Have we become too westernized or was it like tough love that was needed at the time?
1: (sighs) That's a proper good question, you know, because did it put me in line? I guess where it needed to, um, it slightly put me in check. Do I think at times it was a bit, a bit too much? Yeah. I don't think the amount of times that we would get in trouble and and especially for what the things we were getting in trouble for, I don't necessarily think it was warranted for us to like be dealt with in that manner. But I get like harsh love, I'm about that, I get it. Like, you know, like that discipline I just think everything, in everything and everything there needs to be a balance and I just don't know if our parents know or have a clue of what a balance looks like, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you're growing up in Brixton, what what part of Brixton at the time?
1: So where I'm originally from, I'm from a place called Mightsford so South East, Mightsfield estate. Um, where they used to call Baghdad um so like angel town I and mean, when everyone has brixton they think angel town is the only place that exists so angel town and mitesfield were like neighbors literally like how, how two, minute, two minute two walk? minute walk three minute walk okay yeah
0: so what is just because of different estates that's why they
1: were named different yeah that's that that estate's actually called angel town and our estate's actually called mightsford okay. yeah, yeah yeah probably live so close to each other
0: so at kind of a rich point then did kind of things turn around for you where the pull of the rules kind of got you involved?
1: Mm. You know what like I, f- I feel like for me like it all started when I was younger like my house used to get burgled <laughs> like sounds mad like but my house used to get burgled as a youth like coming in maybe coming in from church with my, my pups and my mum and stuff like that and seeing my front door slightly open or even seeing cracks and breaks and that in my window I'm saying hold on Wait there, doesn't this mean that like, we just got robbed? Like but then if you go inside and you realize that everything's scattered, the house has like been properly burgled. Mm. Um, the feds are coming to my house, they're doing um fingerprints and stuff like that. Like, as a youth, I'm watching that and I'm, that's just become surreal to me. Like, right, hold on, like I'm living in an environment where like I'm getting burgled. Like, it was mad for me as a youth. And that kept on like ha- there was like a reoccurrence of that like happening, like and it's like wait, what's going on? How can I be living in this area that I live in? And I see most of the youths that are out there, I probably even say hello to them sometimes, but my house is getting drummed. So like, I feel like for me, like, looking at those things, like, it made me feel mad unsafe, like, it made me feel as if my family were unsafe, you know? So it was like, I guess for me, it was this yearning, like, bro, like, I need to protect my family to get it, like, I don't know how i'm finna protect my family but bro like man can't be getting my house drummed like because who knows one day they could drum my house with someone in there and then it gets busy and then something goes completely wrong and then what then you understand so those thoughts and stuff like that would play on me and i just always wanted someone to be or played a big brother role for me to tell whoever's robbing my crib just loud man like we're not like we're just normal folk. Like we ain't got mad bread like that. Like do you get it? We're just normal folk. But unfortunately, like I didn't really have that, you know. So I feel like as I got as I got older, like that was still in me. Like, how, what can I do to protect my family? Like, how can I be? What do I need to do? What procedures do I need to go through to make sure I can protect my family? And for me, I feel like that's where everything started. If I'm being honest, yeah.
0: And you kind of remember what year you'd have been in.
1: So. I feel like we started doing like just like childish things like <coughs> throwing eggs at windows and you know naughty stuff like maybe like year five yeah year six I probably started getting into like robbing people and and doing kind of those straight I was just like I remember being in primary school I was a bit of a bully like I don't even know why I was a bully but I was just like I was a bully man I'm not even gonna lie so yeah I, I think it started from probably year six I think yeah what,
0: what, what kind of made you want to be the bully was, was your side was you always quite big or what, what was it or was it a discipline at home where you, know? you feel powerless at home mm. your dad's the bigger one so you now had to prove yourself
1: do you know what yeah you might actually be on something because i think it, it had a lot to do with obviously my dad's just obviously just being a dominating figure like but i feel like my older cousins yeah i had some older cousins I swear they used to bruck me up when I was young, like no cap, like I'm not even joking. Like I swear that I, I, I don't know as to why they would they used to smash man up, whether it was being mad cheeky or mad rude or whatever. But I'm pretty certain that they used to smash man up. Like I'm not even gonna lie. I I remember now, like one of them grabbing my head and banging my head on the wall. Like I can't remember whether I dropped and he kicked me up, but I definitely know that I was probably getting bullied as a youth. To be fair, come to think of it, I just think that maybe as I grew up, it was like raw like. I've been getting moved to like that. Maybe it's my turn to start getting busy too. So I feel like, yeah, that might actually have a role to play still.
0: So, going into year seven, did the bullying continue? Oh, Year
1: seven for me, if I'm being honest here, I thought I was a bad boy. I'm not even going to lie. Year six, I thought I was a bad boy. I remember even just the way I would walk home from school. Like, the primary school, like, like people even my age, I didn't even look at like, look at them like they were my age. Like, I always looked at myself like I was a... Grown you, did you get it. So like, getting into year seven, nah, nah. I went into year seven quite, like, quite cruddy. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, yeah, I'm into year seven quite cruddy still.
0: And did the, 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 the oldest kind of notice that and say, yeah, this one did. that certain about
1: about. Ooh, I feel like, boy, we can go into that. I thought, I thought I was gonna dive into that later on, but yeah, there were there was a particular person, if I'm being brutally honest, that made mention of something like. One time I was walking on the block, I think I was with a couple of my brethren that were walking into my crib. And then he, he was with his big dogs, and I remember him like tapping them and being like, they're pointing and they're pointing at me. And then they were like, You see that ute there? That ute, Mike's? Next killer on this block. And I remember like, I looked at him and I turned my face and then I went into my house and then I shut my door. And as I shut my front door, I swear on everything I own, I felt like there was like a spiritual shift. Like I feel like i turned into a completely different human being because of the calibre of who it was that said what they said.
0: And they say, I mean, if you look at scriptures, they say word are powerful and word are curses. So Mm. he turned around and said that this guy is going to be the next king.
1: Bro, you basically prophesied that, like, bro, and I must be honest with you. I shut my door. I can't lie to you. I was not the same person. And it's mad because someone go, "Well, how can you change just from walking five yards from your door, close your door, and now you're a completely different human being, bro?" I turned into a complete different human being there, bro. Do
0: you think it was the confidence or the person that was that that the person that was saying because of who they were, it gave you that confidence? Hundred percent.
1: Hundred percent. 100%. The person that said it, and who it was, was one of the big dogs there. Mm. That, so, yeah. So,
0: having that knowledge now, you felt this kind of spirit, the next day, how are you moving?
1: In, in the most, like, respectful way, and I've never said something like this. Like, I don't know how I used to wake up in the mornings with, like, M on my mind, like, thinking about, like, who's who can man get rid of? Mm. Like, respectfully, like, like, when normal people wake up in the morning and they think about breakfast or go on their phone and go on social media or... Bro, like, man used to wake up and have the darkest of thoughts, bro. Like, evil thoughts, bro. Like, like we need to get busy and get man down. But uh, effectively.
0: Was it was the beef that intense or was it like a made-up belief, uh, made-up beef within you? Because sometimes, the young people at that time, like, yeah, I need to beef my man, I need to go on... But, was it that deep at the time or I mean looking back it couldn't have been that deep but when you're in that mode did you feel it was that
1: deep? I guess, I guess there's levels to everything if I'm being like, all the way honest like I feel like when you're starting off you're like a young it's just little petty stuff like little sneaky beef like schools from schools like you go down you go to this school or you go to that school and what well, they think that they're bad or and we go over to their school or they come over to our school and there's little rockers here and there and if it's get get cracking. But yeah, that was just like the little basis of it. you get it? That's like the small, more more like lower level. But I feel like as you get older, like it starts to develop into something a little bit more serious and a little bit more deep um, because things start happening. Um, You start taking some losses. Friends. Um, and then it just starts getting mad techie, you know and yeah it gets mad techy and the,
0: the name Big Mikes where did that come from
1: it wasn't even Big Mikes they used to call me Mad Mikes, mad, mad Mikes uh, yeah. like I guess you know, like, I,
0: you know I got confused because we got a play in our team
1: called, called Big, Big Mikes, Mikes. <laughs> nah no, it's come. Conf- you know what yeah I feel like like, they, like they're naming that just based on like, I feel like I, I feel like I had a short fuse like, I'd go from like normal how I am from zero to like 170 in 2.3 seconds like all it takes is someone to say the one, the one wrong word or in my head I feel like a man speaking to me in a certain way or addressing me in a certain way and boom that's it head gone I see nothing but red and in that redness like at a moment anything can happen until after I've calmed down and I think oh my god what have I just done, did you get it? So that's why I'm guessing they used to call me that, unless they have their own separate reasons, I don't know, but to my knowledge, yeah. That's why they used to call me that still.
0: So, I mean, you, you just touched on there, like, you'll kind of reflect later on and go, oh my God, what did I just kind of do? Mm. But after that reflection, you'll do another kind of madness. What, what was going in you? Because when you're at that moment where you thought about, you know what, why did I just do that? What made you still go and do it and again?
1: I guess, um, for me, it's like, that was just in me. Like, I wasn't pretending to be that guy, um, an angry black sort of person. I, it was just what came natural to me. Like, like, in terms of like me acting off impulse, that was just my natural. Um, yeah, and because it was inside of me, as much as I knew that a lot of it weren't good, I couldn't stop it. If I'm being honest, I didn't even know how it could be stopped.
0: <laughs> did, did, did you think it was spiritual?
1: I wouldn't know, I was a you. I just thought this is who I am, just that guy, like when you piss me off, I'd just go all the way on 1000 and if that means 1000 getting busy, then that means 1000 getting busy and that's just all I thought it was. I didn't think, oh, there was a spiritual thing. I just thought maybe I was just born an angry kid. <laughs>
0: Facts. So going through all of this, again, we must remember you grew up in a household with parents who were pastors. Yeah, yeah. Are they seeing this transition of their young boy and how you're changing and what are the words? Is, can dad still be physical with you Because it comes to a point where mm-hmm. dad can't be physical anymore? It's like, you look at him like, what's going on here?
1: Facts, because that did happen still. Okay. Yeah. Um, my mum's, she had an inkling that there was a slight bit of change because... She would find certain things in my house that was like, huh? Like, what? Like, do you get it? like where she's like, no, 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 no. There's no chance. Like, it just can't be real, if that makes sense. Um, with my pups, obviously he wasn't really living with me at the time that, you know, we were kind of getting a little bit busy. Um, like, but he would still come to the house and do pups mold when my mum would call him and there was one time he did it. And remember, I'm on the road now, like, and he tried to check me. Um, Unfortunately, I did a mad rebel, like, which was nuts, insane for him and for me too, because Pops is the greasiest as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, he checked me, but I didn't kind of allow him to check me, which was, it caused this mad, like, rift and can could,
0: I could, could say a huge disrespect for African father? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, he wanted to get busy on me. I could see it in his eyes. But then I think he looked at me as well and could see it in my eyes that if you get busy, I'm finna get busy too. Like, in that moment, you know, um, it's crazy because that's your pups. You understand, like, and even me thinking about it now, I'm thinking, what the hell was I even thinking? Get busy with my pups? Like, I'm like I've lost my mind. But I had got to that point where I'm like, bro, if a man can't check me on the road, I'm not even getting g checked by anyone in the house. I'm gonna let my dad come in and be boxing me up, and I'm supposed to be this so and so and get busy on the road you're mad. you know what I understand, and everything for me was like about always me being real me being real be be real to myself so I mean my dad tried to check me, I kind of rebelled like like in the most respectful way <laughs> I tried to um and I think from then like. I don't think he even told me off after that. I don't think that he ever come and tried to hit me or any of my brothers after that. I feel like it was like a mad turning point for him. But I guess for him, it was looking at it from the perspective of bro, I, he doesn't wanna be getting busy with his sons. Mm. You understand? Like like that's mental. How's he how's he gonna wanna start fist me up? And then you understand it just gets mad, like fighting and I'm rocking my pups. Nah man, that would be like a massive curse on myself as well, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. But from then it all stopped. I'm not even gonna lie, bro, it did.
0: So I mean at this time, you've got your younger brothers kind of looking on and seeing what's going on within you. How do you kind of navigate how they behave and what they're doing? Because naturally, younger brothers look up to the older brother.
1: Yeah, my my little bros, they were all, always good youths. Like, my brother was play, playing for Palace at the time. He was doing really well. My other brother was doing athletics. He was like, he was killing it at the time. So, like, I was really big on, like, what they were doing. Like, for me, I didn't really have a career path. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like, I feel like I, as a youth, I was mad insecure. I'm, I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Like, mad insecure. Like, I didn't actually think that I was capable of doing anything, like in life. Like, you know, like some people, that like they aspire to be footballers, some aspire to be musicians, some aspire to be whatever it is, doctors, whatever. Bro, I f- didn't f- think that there was any lane for me. Like, legit like nothing at all Um, that's even part of the reason why i even jumped on the road because i found so much life and things and uh, a sense of purpose and belonging on the road Um, but my little brothers i guess in terms of them seeing the lifestyle that we live in and you know names is ringing bells like they go to school they go to college and youths and that people are talking about rah oh, your brother and and so on and so forth and and the gang this and abc so i guess for them like it was always like a bit of a highlight for them to get it? um i definitely know that there were probably at times that like, my brothers did kind of want to try and flirt with it a bit like you know but i was like bro like my brothers ain't touching the road like on god like i used to tell my brethren and stuff like that i'm like bro like, if man ever think that they could be bringing my brother in or any of my little brother's all rolling with them, bro, like, me and whoever it is, we'll get busy. Like, that's how serious I took it. I'm like, I'm not seeing man rolling with my, my little brother. You see my little brothers, you send them home. They're not out here on the block. Out here, it's the, it's the Gaza, it's the jungle. What's my brothers doing out there, bro? I know how mad peak it is. They're not, why they out here? So anytime, like, I would see them out, mm. nah, like, obviously they would still go and do their own thing like have their own bridges that they will roll with, like yeah. and I, even one of my brothers, I heard that one time he, them and some youths, robbed some youths and I, I remember getting a phone call saying that, right, one, one dog was saying that, right, they, they're gonna pitch your little brother like, but obviously they, whoever it was, that individual didn't know it was my little brother so obviously when I got the inkling and I just made two phone calls, say, yo, sir, listen, that incident over there, my little brother, don't even let those words come out of your mouth ever again, now you know it's my little brother you dead it off, whatever the incident is, whatever the occasional, whatever happened, kill it off now. Otherwise, ABC. Um, and then I got into my little brother, mm-hmm. greased in the hell down. I said, bro, are you mad? Do you know how much nonsense that you can get me into because of foolishness that you're doing? That you want to be doing ABC and D, about you lot robbing people, you're mad. So I remember greasing my brother and saying, bro, if I see any of your brethren that, that you were rolling with at the time, make it known if they see me, I see them, man, no, they better just keep it stepping quickly, you know? So I was super protective over them as much as they did. They really wanted to get involved. I just wouldn't really allow it, if I'm being honest.
0: And in in the same instance, you just said that you were super protective over them. Mm. And at the time, I guess the gang was OC, Mm. it was just um, kind of renowned being called um, Organized Crime. Mm, mm, mm. They were having real active beef with different areas, including Peckham and so on. Mm, mm -hmm. Although you're trying to protect your brother, at the same time, are you putting him in danger because of who you are? Because I'm mm-hmm. be like, you know, actually, let's go and get uh, Mike's yeah. brother.
1: Yeah, that I did, I did. Um, my brother went Richmond College, um, um, and I heard, I heard a few of the, the youths, the younger lot from the Nam, used to go over there. Uh, I, I was never comfortable, ever. Um, I was always on edge on my seat, um, thinking that I'm gonna get that phone call that. Maybe my brother's been brought up or whatever because of man. Um, I was always on edge. Um, And I think I remember one time I got a phone call. I got a phone call that my brother's in hospital. Now I didn't know what happened. I didn't even care for what happened. I just heard my brother's in hospital. Now you have to remember, I've been playing in my mind. These youths don't like man, and they can't catch man. So if they can catch the closest thing to man, it would be my brother. They would go and find him at his college. So when I got the phone call, I heard he's in hospital, ABC. No word of a lie. I don't think I even phoned to even ask what happened. I think I remember just saying, okay, my brother's in hospital. All right. Tomorrow, I roll up to the college with, with Satam. I'm going to do the Mazeline broad daylight. I'm going to set an example and something like that will never ever happen again. And that was my thought processing. I wasn't thinking I'm gonna go into a public college, um, it's very dangerous, I could get arrested, there could be police. I went red and said, okay, these youths have got my brother because that's all that was in my mind. Remember, I never asked what happened. I just heard my brother's in the hospital, but I know that a lot of those, the youths from over there were going to his college. So in my mind I said, all right, cool, I'm going to jail. I made, it was like a decision that I'd made at that moment. I was like, okay, all right, I've lived thus far. I can't remember how old I was. I've lived a little bit of life. I was like, all right, cool. But it is what it is. That's my little brother. These dudes have got him down. All right, I know I'm going to do the mazzanine. And that's that's what it is. And lo and behold, by the grace of God, man found out that he was just doing athletics or running and he ended up hurting his leg.
0: <laughs>
1: Brosky, like. Something mad meaty like hurt his leg, and he would just, you understand? Know he would just, bro. What I went through mentally, like to be able to charge yourself up, to tell yourself that you know that you're gonna go jail and do whatever time it is, bro. I made a decision. Like I remember, like I made a decision that with my family, I'm so protective for my family, bro. I can't lie, like, like I'm like ready to go all out to get. it Like so, when I had an inkling, or I thought. That man had got my brother down. I was like, yeah, I'll go to the college. I'll do the mazzoline. I know I'll be everywhere. I'll go to jail, it is what it is. Probably, thank God, we could things. that. Bro, that was nothing like it because I wouldn't be here to tell the tale and be able to speak, you know, so, boy. I mean, yeah.
0: let's kind of touch more into detail mm. because a lot of young people are sitting in jail right now doing life. Because maybe of a retaliation, maybe mm. just they got beef with someone else. But that whole process of actually accepting, I'm going to go and spend the rest of my life in prison, it takes a lot of courage to kind of accept that. Where does that come from, and how dangerous is that? Because there's young people now who don't kind of understand. Yeah, you're gonna spend the rest of your life in jail, and those people in jail now are crying. They wanna, they, they're rushing to come out. So what? really takes that, I don't know, what what gets inside of you to really get to those thoughts that, you know what, I am happy to go and spend the rest of my life in jail because of this.
1: My brother, I'll be honest with you. I think it's an animal instinct, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I feel like it's an animal part of the brain. And when I say animal part of the brain, I mean as in like, when you lose composure, you lose thought of logic, and you're just a uh, angry, all out, just in the moment, act of impulse, and you just go, and adrenaline, because that's what a lot of it was, bro, when we were out there. It's a whole lot of adrenaline, bro. Like a whole load of it. So it doesn't give you enough time to think. You go with the feeling, you go with the emotion, you go with the drive, you go with all of that, and, uh, and before you know it, bang, done. And then when everything's done you've calmed down and now reality kicks in. So for man, for me personally, like it was like an animal instinct, bro. Like it was never anything that I tried to put on. It was never anything I tried to like, oh let me try act like I'm a bad boy, like I'm on Sting Broski. It was nothing like that at all. It was like Mm-mm-mm. on site. Like or they're, what they're over there? What the pick? what 0.5 seconds Mm, grab mm, something gone out get busy like that was like it's just off instincts impulse adrenaline you have no time to even think no time to think
0: and like with that as well like then what was the kind of the ambition for yourself because of course everyone knows you can be enrolled doing what you're doing but what was the exit rule exit plan did you ever think of that at the time
1: Honestly, Broski, I remember with the dogs, we never even thought we would get past 18. Oh God, like, we couldn't see a life past 18, couldn't, because what we were going to do, have kids, get a job, start a business, where, from what world, how, when, nah. So I don't think I even saw anything past that, bro, I'll be honest. Like, we never thought that man would even get past 18. 18 for us was like, we just, like, some of the dogs We would just be like, yeah, like, we'll have our little utes and that, running around. Like, yeah, you'd have your ute, i have my ute. We'll roll out, go out and do things like ABC and just have fun. Like, but it was not nothing more than that, bro. We couldn't see nothing past, or me personally, bro, I couldn't see nothing past. Eighteen, and if I did see anything past eighteen, it would have been like a blank canvas, mm-hmm. honestly.
0: So it gets to a point then. Of course, you are living this lifestyle. Things are a bit dangerous. Things are techie, but within that same area, there's a group of younger people growing up, and they're watching you guys. How did you feel about the influence you then had on these young people?
1: To be honest with you, I didn't even know that my head had influence on them. As stupid as it may sound, because they were. Our younger lot, if that makes sense. But I never really thought man I had the influence on them because I'd, I, yeah, I just, in a matter of way, I just used to think about just myself and the gang, really. Um, I never really looked at the younger lot. And if someone told me that they were really watching us, like watching us, I, I don't know if I would have acted any different, but I would have been really surprised um, just because I didn't think, I guess I understand why you were watching us, but I didn't think, nah that the young are watching us and you know, this, that, the other. Nah. Mm -mm.
0: So, at that time as well, in Brixton, there was this sort of new, not even a rush, but a new change of everyone turning to Islam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was there any point where you kind of looked at that? Yeah. Because you being from a Christian background, Mm -hmm. how did that kind of affect your thinking? Yeah,
1: it was a little bit funny for me at first. I won't even lie, because all of my bros, and then, and, and and I say my bros, I mean the older bros were all Muslim, um, and even some of the younger, like my age, were also Muslim as well. So it was, it was always like a little bit of a grey area for me. Um, I guess, like some of the older brothers would speak to me and say, "Right, when are you going to take a shahada?" Like, and so on and so forth. And I'd just be like, "Like soon," Like I would be like, "Right, like soon." Um, but obviously, because I have grown up in a Christian household, it was just. But it was just, it was too techy to manoeuvre, you understand? Like, it was just mad, like, but, yeah, like I almost, I, I feel like I almost did. I am going to lie, I'm not going to lie. Just because we were, that, that was our, we were, to, that was the, you. that was the brotherhood. Mm. Like, as much as I wasn't Muslim, but we were all bros, because when it's time to get busy, we get busy. When we're laughing together, we're laughing together, when we're having fun, we're, having, we're doing it all together. So, yeah, like. I did feel a little bit of a grey area, but the bros and stuff like that, they never really kind of like made me feel like an outcast, mm. um, but they always made me still feel like, yeah, you're Christian, but you're, you're still part of the gang. Do you get it? So, did,
0: did you actually study it at all? Or? No,
1: I didn't. I didn't. But I would listen to some, sometimes when my brother, shout out my brother Stinks would be given, you know, like dower to the bros on the block and stuff like that and just like sharing the importance of Islam and stuff like that and whatnot. not I and I'll, I'll obviously be, I'll be around and I'll be listening I'll be hearing you know it's big bro you know you're gonna listen if big bro's you know talking about something positive and stuff like that you're gonna you're gonna give your ear to it you know so I did definitely give my ear to it um in terms of the transitioning into Islam um I guess after a while we were just getting we we're just busy just doing nonsense so that kind of like was a little bit on the back burner
0: So. Uh obviously you're going through all these things and it comes to a time where we get a little bit older, mm-hmm. the beef we think we're having, it's not really as intense as it should be. What was the change? What made you say, actually, this lifestyle is mm-hmm. long?
1: To be all the way honest with you, yeah? like where I'm from, in much well, like we used to call it Baghdad, for you to step into there, to come and like, Get anyone down you have to make sure that you're coming in there absolutely correct and i say that not bragging about the ends to like magnify badness i'm just calling a spade a spade you would have probably had to come with the maddest the maddest things two or three or four of them and then maybe like just do the mazzoline for no one to even like be able to react or respond but the dads what we call baghdad was like the gaza bro I ain't even gonna lie, like beef. You couldn't come there and beef, man. There, it it would almost be like a death trap for you. You understand that? You, you couldn't beef, man. There. So, and because that was like our where we our habitat where we stayed. Like we didn't really we bro we never, we never did the partying. I beef and going to raves here and going, bro. We couldn't go nowhere. <laughs> we couldn't be outside. It was too dangerous. So we stayed in the hood and where, that's obviously where we, our habitat was. Beef, we couldn't have beef. Like, so if we felt like big dogs, I am going to like, it was like, bro, no one can't touch us. Like, we're untouchable. Like, who out there really can check for man? That's how we felt. Even though there's a lot of people that could check for man. But we felt like no one can check for man. So, when I was, I would say, transitioning, like, I felt like We've done everything that man needs to do. Like, I, I, I felt like, bro, like there's nothing that man ain't done that I'm like, oh yeah, no, bro. I felt like we had hit quite a high pinnacle, like of, of road status. I feel like, bro, our names were everywhere. Like, things were happening, bootings were happening. A whole lot of things were happening. You know what I'm saying? like. So I felt like, well, no one could even check for me anyway. And then I felt like my bridgens and stuff like that, like passing and stuff like that, I don't even think that's what changed me. I felt like that made me start thinking to myself, like, this is just all a joke, bro. Like, my brothers, that man, thought that man would grow with and, and be with to the end, like, have been robbed. Like, they've been robbed out. And it's like, what, what other reason do we still have to keep being on the road like man's done everything like we've got what we need if, this hammer, if it's hammers we need hammers are there if it's whatever it is it's there it's available so it's like man never felt like yeah like oh you know there was anything else more to do you know um and then when my bedrooms in that past like my good bros like i can't even lie i, I don't even like talking about them um yeah yeah i don't really like talking about them but And my bros in that past, like my close, close bros, bro. Like, those were like deep moments for me. I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Like, like heavy moments for me, bro. And I wouldn't even say that that's what made me drop it. It just made me think a little bit more. It just made me think, bro, we've done everything. Man's dogs are gone. Like, I felt like like my family was gone. It's like I don't have nothing else. So I was a little bit open to, to try and understand if there could be a potential another life out there if there could be maybe something else more uh, out there and yeah
0: what, what, what would you say um the importance then, then that your parents played at this time in terms of maybe church religion and so on too, to sign that take you mm-hmm. all the way through the other side
1: bro it's so crazy yeah because this, the amount of stories bro that i could be on this camera and tell them man yeah? we'll be here for honest to god maybe four or five days no word of a lie In terms of like how that works but my mum was running her own church for a while like proper faith-based woman i can't even lie man like she loves god like she's like busy like busy busy i can't even lie and she always took interest in my dogs i guess primarily because obviously they were my dogs and it like she would always take interest in them like she knew that some of my friends my dogs were on badness she could tell but she always took them, my mum used to bring all my dogs into my house and stuff like that, feed them jollof rice, bro. Like, my mum even got a pool table one time in my crib and put it in their living room, removed their chairs, bro, put it in their living room, just so that the man them can be in the house and not endanger ourselves and we can just be playing pool in the crib. We even had a table tennis, come to think of it, bro. My mum was nuts. We had a table tennis in my crib, like, and just for the bros to stay indoors, mm. if that makes sense. like. And my mum would cook jollof, mac and cheese, ABC, like everything that we needed, food, so we don't have to go out, she'll provide. Um, social, a, a social uh, environment, she will provide that just so that we don't have to be outside getting busy. Um, yeah, like, so, and my mum doing all of that, she would use that as a point of contact to obviously that like, do prayers and stuff like that with my mum the bros um, and whatnot and whatnot. And if I'm being honest with you, I feel like, like a lot of prayers a lot of prayers a lot of prayers like a lot of her speaking the right things like when we're saying praying we're talking about speaking like we're talking to god like you get so i feel like a lot of that had a part to play on us like you can't be prayed for and just feel the same bro no human being bro no one can get prayers or anyone speaking goodness into their life bro or any of those things and just be the same do you get it even if you don't completely change you're going to feel something at that moment you know and i feel like those moments were like little experiences for myself and some of my dogs that probably never left us yeah. so they were like like little seeds that had been getting sown i guess from the get-go um yeah in tra- in, tra- in transition
0: so it gets to a point where you didn't say you know what you want to give back what made you want to give back and let us know what you're
1: kind of doing now? Mm-hmm. You know what, like, in the ends, like, unfortunately, bro, we never really had no, like, role models in terms of, like, just doing, like, goodness. Like, of course, some of the bros were doing music and stuff like that, which was good, like, but, like, outside of that, there weren't really any role models. Like, it was just gangbanging, bro, like, and just getting busy, bro. Like, and it's like, as I was transitioning, like, remember, man, I, done or did so much damage in the ends bro like remember youths are coming for man in the ends not that they ever caught any of us but they would come when we're not there um to really try and get man down so we cause a lot of like we put a lot of people in danger I ain't even lie. Um, and you know like as you as i started transitioning going to church a bit more and whatnot and i'm reflecting on things a bit more i started to think to myself bro like the same influence that man had in a mad way on the ends. Like, ain't there any way that man could have that sort of same influence in a positive aspect. Because some of my dogs would be like, well, Max, like, you were like one of the leaders. That's how they would classify man. Like, People would listen to man when man speaks or if man's saying ABC, a man would give their ear. I, would, I wasn't, like in the ends, I wasn't in the most respectful way. I wasn't any of the follower, follower man them. I was either, if not lead, or second lead in command, it would either be one of two. Um, so I, I just thought, man's created so much havoc here, bro. Like, can't man try and give back? And obviously through that, man just started like a little small program of football where it's just like, let the man then just come and we just kick ball. Um, and just do like little structured training sessions. Just like a little, a little thing, like nothing even really serious because it's like, what do I know about managing people? What do I know about bringing the men together to do something positive? I don't know nothing about that stuff, bro. I'm just trying to ting, like, you know, I'm just trying to do something positive, and then, lo and behold, like, fast forward, bro, I don't know what happened. One, one, uh, one of my mates, one of my female mates from church, one time she just come to me, bro, no cap, and she said to me, like, she felt like God impressed, impressed in her heart to give me, donate um, some money for me to, like, get some equipment for, like, footballs and, hurdles and stuff like that to start this thing. And I'm like, wow, that's mad. Then did that, started um, this little small academy called um, NASA. Um, It was, at the time it was like from age 16 to like 24. And by at this time, I was probably like 19. So I was coaching youths that were much older than me as well at the time. But I guess because of the leadership role or skill, should I say that I feel like I probably had from the role anyway, or from just from whenever, it was easy for them to sort of kind of like respect what i was doing and then through then like i just started thinking nah like this model works that like, people are coming to come and kickball from different places like and allow a man to train them i don't know why i'm i'm not sure as to why i still not know up to this day um and then man thought nah like we need to catch the younger generation then you know like and try and get them as early as possible and try and lock them in so none of them are having to go through anything that man went through. Because out of probably a lot of my dogs, I'm probably like maybe the pick of the litter that cut through. The dogs that were running around with man bro, respectfully, man's like, and respect to them bro. Like so man's doing 30 years odd. Um, Some of my dogs are six feet under the grave. So and man's still here man cut true, you know. So for me, it's like, no, man really has to try and see if man can do something with the second life or the second chance that man's been given to try and make it right. You know, try and make sure that some of these youths that come into man's fold or into man's hands or into man's club don't have to go through what man went through, if that makes sense. Because I don't think that anyone or there's anything that man hasn't seen done, gone through that any of these little youths could potentially be going through, if that makes sense. So I just thought we'll use football to help push them, the talented ones, the talented man from the ends, push them and help nurture them and, you know, implement life skills into them and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, even if they don't end up being footballers, at least they've got certain fundamentals, certain life skills with them and whatever career path that they decide that they want to head into, at least they've got the, the base you know, whether they want, and it's so, it's so impressive to see that some of the younger ones that are now older, like 18, 19, that I used to coach, I see them working and stuff like that now, bro. Like, my heart, bro, it does something mad, because some of these youths have mad potential to just get busy, bro. Mad potential. Honest to God, like, to just leave football and just get cracking on and just on the road. And to see some of them still pursuing, some of them have even come back and helped coach with us here and there. And just to see that, like, that man's made an impact on whether however many lives it is I can, some of them are even playing for england under 17s Millwall, chelsea name it like all like cat run clubs you know to see that raw like just based on one decision that we made to do good we've been able to help inspire these young people and, and i can't lie like that's been like the biggest thing for me like to see even some of them working full-time and that bro like even when they see me now it's not cold just like yo like what's good and i'm like yo like bro like i'm so happy to see that you're working and stuff like you're not you know out here just getting busy you know so yeah man
0: how long has it been running now
1: so we've been running the club for about seven years now yeah about seven years it ain't been a easy, seven years, I'll tell you that much. I'm no, going mean, lie. I, I
0: know firsthand, because I've been running my football club for mm. seven years myself as well. So I know yeah, bro. the difficulties of it in terms of getting funding. Yeah, bro, it's been it's
1: been like tough, that. man. I'm not even gonna lie. But if i am be honest with you, like probably like four or five years in, bro, we've just been forking out our own bread and some of my dogs like that are from the road, like respectfully have even supported man. Like, because they respect the transition so much bro like and it's never really been heard of like in where i'm from and anyway, from bricky, like you don't really there's no one none of the man them honestly speaking that i know of that have been neck deep in that man was transition and give back to the community in the way that man's doing it mm-hmm. no one and i say that in my whole chest there might be people that you know bro and i, I use the word neck Deep bro. Because I still up to this day don't know how on earth man cut through and man ain't in jail doing a thirty-two or man just being six feet I don't know my brother. Well actually I do know because I know it's God's grace. But man's was neck deep in my brother. Like we shouldn't even be on the, I shouldn't even be on this camera right now. And the man in that no, you know. I would never make mention of no names. Go ask this one about me. the Boski. if you know, you already know. And it's as simple as that, you know? And even some of my older lot, when they see me now, they'll stop me and be like, Mike, do you know how proud man is of you? Like no one from the ends, you, Carl, Terrell, no one from the ends has been neck deep like you men were and flipped it that you lot are doing mad positives now. Bro, the way they champion man is different, bro. Like different. Yeah, you think because they're older than the man they want. Bro, they champion man properly, bro.
0: And how does that make you feel? Brother,
1: it's one of the greatest feelings because we were getting slaughtered when we first were transitioning. I ain't even gonna lie. We were getting slaughtered, bro. Mm. There was a whole load of man chatting nonsense about man, bro. Talking about how man's washed up, man's turned soft, the man there shook because of the beef, etc. Bro, we were getting it. (laughs) What? Bro, there was even man that would sometimes even try and even try and check, man. Do you get it? Like, bro. Even when we're transitioning, I remember my first job I got, bro, in Miss Selfridges. First, I don't even know what a CV is. One of my lady friends helped me put a CV together, bro. We was in West End. It was even weird, bro. In West End, I never even been West End. Handing out CVs, me and one of my bros that were on the on the road as well, handing out CVs, bro. And that same bro that I was handing out CVs, RIP him, Ratty. Um, yeah. Passed, um, yeah, that, that one's heavy for me, bro, I can't even lie, yeah. He passed, he got um, shot in his head, um, yeah. And he's my, that's my brother. That's my brother. Like for us to go to West End and be handing out CVs together, pretty much sums it all up. Um, and it's mad because I got the job before him, even though we handed out CVs on the same day, by the time Miss just gave his mum a call to say that we want to interview him, he was dead. Wow. Um, yeah, he was dead. Um, yeah, yeah, he was dead. Um, I mean, uh, yeah.
0: trying to keep it on the, on, on the, on the positives, yeah. I mean, where can people kind of find the club where it's situated? How do young people get themselves involved? How do parents get in contact?
1: So obviously, like we've got our website, um, Instagram, um, official La FCN NASA, um, or you can just type in Um, www.nasacademy.com. You'd see us on the net. But we're all over the socials, like on on Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. And yeah, man, we just really want to make sure that like like none of these youths have to go through what, man. I remember this is just like an overview like yeah. there's no intricates i'm giving you at all like, it's just an overview, like of how man live. like but yeah we just want to make sure that bro like we really can like use what we're doing as a point of contact to be able to reach these little youths and and and, and let them know that bro, that change is real and i use myself as an example bro if man could change i promise you to god there's no one under the sun on god that can't change
0: and i know like i said earlier me running a football club how difficult it is in regards to get funding and mm-hmm. sponsors and stuff like that. So if there are local organisations in and who wanna sponsor, get involved. What please, I would, what I will say as well, which I told everyone, um, one of the um, more obtainable funds to try and get is an awards for all mm-hmm. which is ten thousand pounds from a lottery. So anyone that's listening is also running similar organisations wherever you're from, mm-hmm. it's ten thousand pound you can get from a lottery called Awards for All, which Gives money to people like yourselves who are doing things within the community to stop mm-hmm. young people to getting themselves into trouble, but also getting a powerful So definitely try to look into that. I mean, any any kind of last words you got for people out there? So maybe your peers of your age, but also for the younger lot now coming up who are watching this.
1: Like for for like the man and that are my age. Like I, I've always kept it all the way 100. Like and just let them know that, bro. Like. There is actually more to life, bro, than man being out here on God. Um I just realised that some people are scared to make that um that leap, that jump. Um we were brave enough, I guess, to take that leap and then and discover that there was light at what we call in the tunnel. Um so my bros and that us that are still battling with being on the road, I can't lie, if I'm still here, bros. You can do it, man. Mm. No cap, you just got to have faith and just trust the process and trust that, well, that man can really still make something of themselves. Like it ain't over, you know? And for the young boys that are coming up, like, I, I don't really like to give the same message that everyone talks, oh, come off the road, it's, you get killed and it's not good, and it's a facade. We all know it's a facade, but you see, when you've been on the road, road, like, and you've got that mindset, you ain't got no one to guide you and really take you by the hand and show you mad love and really break this stuff down to you, you're going to think what you're doing is right to do, you know? So for the little one, the younger one, should I say, that are up and coming, like, you lot are too special, man. I can't even lie. You lot are way too special to be able to sell you lot so short. I ain't even going to lie. And I know that it's not even totally, completely you lot's fault because probably what you've grown up and seen and seeing whoever's on top get busy and that's all you lot know, try and know that there are some new role models that are out there. No cap, yeah, there might be just a minute of us, but we're out there, you know, myself, my bros, you know, that have come off and transitioned and doing really good with themselves, bro. You know, there is there is a way I don't have to stay in. I'm not saying it's an easy task at all. It wasn't an easy transition at all, but at least you've got the likes of people like myself who've been done there, that you lot can hit me up. Like, I'll have that conversation by all means all day long. We can chop it up, whoever you are, you know, so. Yeah, man.
0: Is there ever a time where it will be Pastor Mike?
1: Oh, family, to be brutally honest with you, I'm not the title, man, man. It's not my thing, like everyone's bang that because my mum, my dad, ABC, but for me, broski, I don't like titles, man. Um, and in terms of a pastoral work, in terms of what they do, in terms of like chatting to young people, looking after them and whatnot, bro, like it's what man do anyway, do you get it? I just, n- you're never gonna see me that that, yeah that like religious, nah nah nah, I like to be me, I like to be how I am, who I am, and I still think I could be um, equally as effective the way I am without having to be on the pulpit or have a religious, you know, aura about me, if that makes sense. Nah, I feel like I can do the same, so I prefer to just be my if I'm honest.
0: That was a big ego interview and there was my ex-man. Thank you for coming down and guys, tune in next time.